four episodes into the U.S. season of Holy Moly, and we finally have a person from the mini golf world on an episode. Let's tee off for another episode of podcast. My name is Tom, and I'm a proud mini golfist. I go by the name Mr. T, and also by that moniker on One Shot Golf, if you want to add me as a friend over there. I'm one half of a couple of putts. You can find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the pink putter over at a couple of putts.com and on the social medias all over at, at couple putts. I'm Pat, known world round as the Putting Penguin. Together with my friend Mandy, we run the Putting Penguin, which brings you never-ending content across our site and social media outlets. Also a big fan of donuts, especially our beloved Duncan here in New England, which, if you watched this week's episode, he knows tangentially relevant to the show. We're at episode 22 of the podcast, and in case you're new to our wandering styles, this is the third season of Holy Moly, two in the US and one in Australia, where some form of our show will cover the highs and lows of each episode and give you some other mini golf tidbits along the way. And in our efforts to keep it snappy, I'm just going to throw it right over to Pat for the mini golf news of the week. So if you watch this week's show, our winner, spoiler alert, David Biggie, runs a summer piece in his paper called Can You Beat Biggie? Well, two weeks ago, I answered that question and beat him on his home turf in a close 39 to 41 match. You can check out the article at www.thesandpaper.net or we'll post it on our socials later this week when this episode goes up. In addition to myself and the Pink Putter playing Biggie later this summer, our new news is that at a couple of putts, we've added a new putting guide to our home state of Minnesota. If you go to a acoupleofputts.com slash Minnesota, you will find an exhaustive guide of all of the mini golf courses across our state, including our review system, and a couple of lists that we just put together for this year, including our five favorite unique courses and 10 really amazing traditional mini golf courses. And traditional not meaning basic, but really fun and have like loops and pirates and all that fun stuff across our entire state. And they really stretch that far. And we even snuck in a few from Wisconsin because there is a couple mini golf courses just over the border that we highly recommend. So go check that out and check out all the courses we've played, visited, and reviewed throughout the land of 10,000 lakes. Now bringing it back to holy moly, quick few general reminders on season three before we get into our recaps. There's eight competitors who go head-to-head in a bracket one-hole tournament with each match held on a different hole. The episode winner takes home the gold putter, green plaid jacket, and a chance at the super final for $250,000. And since you're still listening to us, don't forget to subscribe, give us a hole-in-one rating, and tell all your holy moly-obsessed friends and family about us. And with that, we're going to go into the holy moly scramble time and our quick recap of all the matchups. So for this episode titled Earth, Wind, Fire, and Donuts, we start round one with a brand new hole, Puttasaurus, where we see Leo, who's a 27-year-old international pro basketball player, up against Jill, who's 42 and has a lip plumping company, which I had absolutely zero idea what the heck she was talking about. Ditto. Um, But for that point, she took an absolute mud thrashing and Leo moved on to the next round after both a better tee shot and a fairly simple, easy deuce. Leo also being like 6'6", the second tallest competitor on the show. So a lot of tall guys on the show this this season. Up next is Parkade and our man, David Biggie, who's a 48-year-old newspaper man and friend of the pod, was up against Ashley, who's 23, graduate student and 
a college golfer with the nickname of Smalls, which, yes, that meant we had Biggie Smalls on the show. And after some less than stellar flipper action by both of them, Biggie makes his clutch second putt and he's the second to move into the second round. Notorious. Hole three sees Ho Ho Hole. And we've got Sheila, who's 38 and a kickbox studio owner, up against Jane, who's 41 and our marathon mom, and also has the really solid name of Jane Hammer, which I'm just surprised Riggle didn't go more into. After both, of course, failed to grab the pole because it's ho-ho-ho slash volcano, Kim looks to be in the driver's seat before beefing a really short putt, which could have been because of the snow on the green, which we've talked about before. But either way, Jane nails hers. She's on to the semifinal. And we're on to the last hole of round one, which is another new one. And one of my favorites, Donut Hole. We've got Wilson, who's 25 and a student preacher, up against Jacob, who's 30 and another prolonged driver, second this season. He also has a Greg Norman hat on, which was pretty cool. and Maybe a little nod to the Aussie season. Unfortunately, doesn't really help him win the hole as Wilson gets the better bounce off one of the sprinkles, leaves himself with a fairly easy second putt. And that ends up being the difference as the donuts take both of our competitors down as they try to go through. And that wraps up our four people to get to round two. And in round two, our semifinals, we start off at Double Dutch and Fuego. We have our buddy Biggie up against Leo, the basketball player. Biggie, after getting smashed by both windmills, is in a tough position on the putting when Leo only gets hit by one of them. But Leo makes a wild decision to hit a putt between his legs, ends up losing the hole, which probably went to a playoff. And our boy Biggie, even though he got hit by two flaming windmills, he's on to the final of Holy Moly. Our other semifinal goes to one of my favorite courses that I'll be talking about in design time, King Parthur's Court, where we had Jane versus Wilson. Wilson gets a much better position on the sword, and after both of them get knocked off the horse by Sir Putzalot. I think that's his name. Anyways, they both don't do very well on the horse because they had to sit side saddle. Wilson, with the better position on the putting green, makes his putt, and he's on to our finale with David Biggie. So Wilson and David Biggie head over to hole number two. That's all of the sewage that spilled out into a glorious pile of mud next to some toilets. Both of them get smacked clear into the water, but Wilson... Also hit his ball in there, which ended up being the difference because Biggie made a great first putt, nailed a second putt, and guess what? We have our mini golf winner of the season with David Biggie taking home the plaid jacket and golden putter and heading to try to win $250,000. Pretty cool. Woo! Go Biggie! Well done. Well done. You did what many of us, and including many of your brethren in the O Street mini golf crew, could not do. And... It also fits quite well with what Riggle said at the beginning of the episode. Anyone can win on Holy Moly. It's that dumb. (laughs) I thought that was kind of an awful thing to have in an episode that you're in, that they like preface it. It's like a a parental advisory (laughs) warning. By the way, this guy that we're goofing on the whole episode wins it. But you know what the thing is? He made the putts that mattered, and there's a lot of people in this episode that made some pretty bad putts. So again... We're on to the unnamed part of the show where we just kind of talk about the episode and we're going to maybe cut it a little short because we have a little surprise here. I'm just going to start off with this episode and alluded to it a little earlier that there were some pretty bizarre putts on this episode. Wilson hitting it off that Portageon. Leo, I don't know why you would 
ever an attempt, I don't care what position you're in, to hit a weird, awkward between the leg shot. And then Sheila's really bad missed putt. That was was not the best of putting in the episodes. Mm, And uh, to top it off, the thing that was even more recognizable, other than Leo getting through the second windmill and double dutch in fuego, nobody completed an obstacle that can be completed. And I feel like whoever our plumper person was on Puttasaurus doubly lost by wearing white and just getting like absolutely covered in mud. I mean, she was a champ in rolling with it, but wow, what a terrible choice of clothing, not only to be in the cold. It's it's a terrible choice. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a terrible choice to be half-dressed when it's 40 degrees mud, outside to begin with. It was just like, what are you doing? But, I mean, bad putting, I thought, in general, we had a lot of good stuff off yes. of the course, though. I thought there was some amazing... Riggle had some great lines. The back and forth when Riggle and Joe switched roles for a little while was just funny. Um, everything they did seemed to be just really spot on. And then kind of going along with that, uh, I like that there was a couple... I guess, mini golf centric, mini golf Mm. positive comments. So um, Jill, even though she totally beefed her bank shot there, there was a little bit of discussion about that being mini golf versus golf. And then Jane and her holy moly family just to be like, oh, there's families like a couple season in. That's like, that's cool. They watch holy moly. And that probably got mom to be like, yeah, I'm going to go on the show. So I think there was there was a lot of good positive stuff outside of the actual play of the holes. I really did like that. I thought Jane's family's video of them like encouraging her on and all putting together. I thought that was really cool. And one of the cooler things in the intros. And I have to say, this episode getting three new holes, not only three new holes, but they're entirely new premises. When we talked about fishing hole being like putter ducky and cornhole kind of being like hole number two, puttasaurus, donut hole and parkade, totally new premises. And I loved all of them. They all felt like mini golf courses, true and tried. I loved that donut hole. It felt like it was a little less aggressive and you're falling again in those like foamy blocks. And mm-hmm. in Parkade, yeah, you're hitting the water, but every visual about that like checked all the boxes for me. I love pinball. I love the callback to all of the old holes on Holy Moly from the past. I thought it was just, yeah, that that is my favorite of the season. It's by far probably my new favorite overall of all of the seasons of Holy Moly. I wish I could have played that and very jealous of Biggie playing that. The only thing I didn't like on it, I will say that I thought it was weird that when you get two balls coming out the same pipe, that the pace of the ball coming out can be wildly different. I didn't love that part, but honestly, you got to make that next putt. And Ashley missed it badly. Although I will have to say... Again, not totally different than playing on a really mini golf course. I mean, I know we have all played many, many courses where the ball doesn't always come out the same way, even though it may look like it goes in the same way or comes out. So, yeah, I mean, not great when you're playing for 250K eventually, but I mean, kind of mini golfy. Yeah, I think that I think it also just I don't know, I guess the randomness unfortunately can also lead to people thinking that like it can be fixed when you have that human component of the ball kind of being pushed out. But again, it's like, what do you do in that moment? And whether you make those putts, that makes all the difference. And we'll never be able to convince conspiracy theorists that it's all up in the up and up anyways. So 
might as well just move on and talk about our winners since, you know, some of those folks are going to always think it's rigged for them. And so let's uh, put them in rigged order. Uh, we've got four winners. So I got to slot Biggie in here. I'm going to put him in as my third so far. So quick recap. I've got Jose, who's number one, really good obstacle awareness and great putting. Blake, who had really great putting. Biggie, really rough with the obstacles, buddy. But it was funny to watch. You're a good sport about it. But really great putting, especially compared to everyone else on the episode. And that's obviously what got you through. So that was good. And then that was above Rachel, who kind of was the opposite. Good with the obstacles, but had some questionable putting overall. So clearly I'm putting a little bit of the putting over the obstacles, not knowing what everything's going to be down the road. But that's my putting penguin power rankings through four episodes. And I'm going to keep it snappy and just do a quick whole story. And as I mentioned, we saw three new holes this episode, which gets us to a total of 13 holes through four episodes. Of the holes that could be completed in this episode, the only one that could not put a source, it was a race in the mud to touch the bone to like see who got there first. None of them were completed other than half of Dutch Courage by Leo. So completion rate, not so great. Another thing I took note of was on King Parthur's court that they were sitting side saddle again with no shield. It's a weird thing to have seen it play differently because it was so much easier for people to stay on, or at least Rachel, that is, in the different position. The other thing that I'll note, and this is one of those things you'll get used to me talking about, is seeing in those weird establishing shots things on the course that you haven't seen yet. I'm certain I saw a distractor, and I think it's going to be coming up in some upcoming episodes. So it'll be interesting to see who they bring in, knowing that they did this under COVID protocols. What will they have on this time? Because if they had Michael Winslow and Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy, is it going to be Tackleberry? Is it going to be... Isn't Tackleberry the guy with, like, the 45 Magnum? Is that, uh... Bobcat Goldwhite? No, that's a different guy. Or is that? Oh, that's right, Man, Bobcat it's been Goldwhite. It's so long since I've watched Police Academy. <laughs> I don't think any of them age well. Anyways... Yeah, uh, that's where we are with that. Shouts to Richard Godfrey, though. We need him on here to talk about Police Academy. He yeah, loves those do. movies. And as I hinted at, this week's design time with Mr. T is King Parthur's Court, a hole that I have definitely spoke about my fondness for all season. So you have rows of costumed characters that are going to be cheering on the competitors after they go against Sir Putzalot. I believe that's his name. The idea is that the competitors and Sir Putzalot are jousting on these horses over water. And the thing that I thought was interesting, it's one of the few holes this season where the competitors are not only outfitted in neck braces, but also helmets, which doesn't seem to be a concern on holes like Ho 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 or the Cornhole or hole number two where people are getting hit. Dutch Courage. Harder? <laughs> Dutch Courage. It's interesting that they gave them that. The weird thing about this hole all season, though, is, is we know that it's jousting, but... Pat and I both had noticed that on this episode and on a previous episode in the season where Blake Sledge won, that they're sitting side saddle, which seems like a completely disadvantageous position to be in while trying to joust. And then on top of it, the one episode where someone completed it, Rachel, had a shield in her hand and they were sitting, both of them, on the horse, normal, like the way that you would sit on a horse, which again... She completed that and is the only person to have done that this season so far. So as far as the obstacle goes, that's a little strange to me. But that all being said, the medieval set pieces and having the whole court, it's perfect for mini golf. There's so many medieval themed courses. This one, having the long, probably 20, 30 foot putt where you need to make it 
hit this jump, and then hopefully get it on this big sword that's embedded in the ground that has a ridge that you get on the right side. So depending on what side of the sword you get on will really determine whether or not your second putt is going to be really, really difficult or not. Because getting that ball over that ridge and getting the right pace and playing it towards the cup, it's going to be a lot harder than if you're just on the even surface with the cup. And we've seen that play out pretty well across the episode. So as far as the mini golfing goes, it's pretty straightforward, but they do just such an amazing job with the medieval theme, whether it's the garb that they put over, you know, the top of the uh, competitors. It's like a, like they did on Agony of Defeat, sort of like these jerseys. I don't know how to describe it, but it's got like tartan plaid vibe to it. Having the person playing the horn to announce it. I think there's so much great going on with that hole. And if you heard me on any of the episodes of our recaps, the Australian Holy Moly, I was asking for more costume characters and weird things. And we have gotten that in three episodes now we have seen of King Parthur's court. I'll be very curious to see, though, what they do in the obstacle, whether they're sitting normal or whether they're sitting side saddle and whether they have the shield, because I think that is going to be massively determinant. And I will say also, when the people are sitting side saddle, it sure as heck looked like they had lubed up the back of that horse a little bit, making it even easier for them to fall off. Other than audiences like to see people get thrown in cold water, I don't really understand the point of even doing it, because it just seems like almost nearly impossible. If you don't have a shield, a lubed up horse, and you're sitting side saddle, for anybody to complete, it's just like, here you go, you're in the water. But anyways... We're going to look forward to seeing more of King Parthur's court this season. As I mentioned earlier, we have a special guest. So instead of talking more about this episode and our thoughts on it, we thought, why don't we just bring in the episode winner? So who we have for you today, we have Biggie, your episode four winner of season three of Holy Moly. Welcome, Biggie. Greetings. How are you guys? We're great. How are you? You just no. you just won an episode of Holy Moly. There's you were. Are, I think Pat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he the uh, other than uh, the three Chicagoans? Is he the only mini golfist or mini well, golf focused the, person? He, he's certainly the only East Coast mini golf focused person who has made it that far. So you can have all the credit from the Atlantic Ocean to <laughs> Chicago. All right, I'll take it. And correct me if I'm wrong, you are also a member of the O Street Mini Golf Conglomerate? I am. Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, and, and the first of us to go past the final. And and those of you who are not familiar with O Street Mini Golf, we've referenced them in the podcast in the past, but it is a New Jersey-based mini golf organization where Aaron, Rudy, Evan, Biggie, and others play and compete in videos. They do some course reviews, and they have a lot of fun, and they put on some tournaments. And both Pat and I and Biggie are going to be playing in the third annual $1,000 tournament at Tea Time, correct? Tea Time on August 15th in Ocean City. So... Shameless plug, if you are in New Jersey, you should be playing because not only are all of us going to be there, but we all expect to have a lot of fun more than anything else. Tea time's a great course. You, you guys are going to have a blast. Although I, I'm, I'm going to put the pressure on myself. I'm going to defend my title. Let's just, <laughs> everybody needs to know this. I'm defending the, the second annual title this year. I am going to step into the tournament with the 
We have no short courses, so I have no idea how to play a hole where it's not oh, wow. 30 feet long and lots of breaks. And it just has like a little like path where you can get a hole in one. So I think the surprise of getting a hole in one early might throw my game totally <laughs> off. But we're all going to be there. And uh, yeah, the only one that's going to have the uh, green jacket that I'm aware of, the plaid jacket and the golden putter is going to be Biggie. So tell us like, how is it fe- like? How does it feel to watch yourself on TV in that moment? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I was uh, surrounded by uh, my family, uh, my stepson, his wife, my wife, um, who have been su- super supportive through all this. Uh, my daughter-in-law's father was there. He's a big honeymooners guy, and you know, he he did a you know he he and I have a lot of uh, golfer moments. If you know the, the honeymooners, there's an episode called the golfer, and we have a lot of golfer moment. type chatter between us because we're big honeymooners fans and uh also with me that night was uh marnie van grau from season Mm -hmm. two she was uh nice enough to come to long beach island to play me in my series can you be biggie uh the day before and she was around so i invited her family to come join us and aaron el presidente and his fiance mora were there so it was it was it was just a lot of fun to see you know uh you know of course i was there so i know what happened and you know (laughs) but to see it happened on tv it it was it fired me up i mean you know i can't say i I can't say otherwise i mean i was i was pumping my fist you know we i mean when when that (laughs) when that final shot went down uh the whole room erupted and uh you know i I just went around high-fiving everybody and it was it was great it was a lot of fun and you know i could i couldn't have uh you know i could have scripted it better you know it's just (laughs) it's just the way it happened and you know uh, i and Wilson Engel and I, uh, you know, we were texting each other afterward and, you know, we were just saying how cool that was. Uh, and we were just anticipating everything being so awesome. And, you know, we got, you know, for us, it was, you know, everything we wanted it to be. That's awesome. And we've already recapped the three holes that you've played, but of Parkade, hole number two and double Dutch, which was your favorite? Well, which was my favorite to play? Which was my favorite to watch? Both. 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 That's a so, great question. Then. Well, that's why. That's why. That's why I'm a journalist. I ask. I ask good questions sometimes. <laughs> um, the 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 one I I really enjoyed playing was hole number two. Um, you know when you know when I was being interviewed initially for all this. You know I was asked the question. You know if you had three holes, you want you could play on holy moly. Which would they be? And I said, well for certain I want to be lit up on fire dragon's breath, you know, which we're not <laughs> going to see did. this year. I wanted to do double. I wanted to do double Dutch, which I didn't know was going to be lit on fire. You know, the, th- the third time, of course. And I wanted to do hole number two, just because I believed I can make it past the Porter Johns. And you know, I really wanted to play it. And so when we got there and I found out it was the leaked sewage version uh, with the poop water, <laughs> I was like, all right, that's going to be cool, you know, and if I get banged <laughs> into the mud, I'm going to be muddy. Who cares? You know, so I, I, I and I really enjoyed that hole. <clears throat> and I liked it. I liked the twist they had from last season with the extra, you know, with the extra dog leg to it. Um, mm-hmm. It really made it a challenging shot. And, you know, one shot, you know, one shot to me, you know, to make it, you know, make it as far to that hole as possible. That was, an, you know, it was like an 85 foot putt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I made 80 of that right in the first shot. And I, I was really, you know, when I played it, I was, you know, I was super jacked over it. I mean, I, that shot was, I, I don't think I could have hit it better other than putting it down. And so I really enjoyed that now to watch. You know, and of course, at the end of that, you know, 
I'm being given the golden putter and the green jacket by course Marshal Joe as muddy as I was, I couldn't believe he was putting that jacket on me. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, it was just a really cool moment, you know, and I, and I, and I thought, you know, I mean, I, I thought about, you know, all the people who have been supporting me through this and I just was just, I felt good for them, you know, not just myself. And so then, you know, now watching it Thursday, uh, my favorite of course <laughs> was, was Dutch, was Dutch, Dutch and Fuego because, uh, you know, I knew what happened to me. And, you know, from, from the, you know, from the moment I got home, you know, I wanted everybody to see what happened to me, uh, because you know, as I, as I, as I said it to, as I said to my wife, if I don't make the top 10 hits compilation this year, I'm going to be sorely disappointed because the second shot I took on that windmill was just a, a classic. And, you know, I wanted to, I, you know, I couldn't wait to see what it looked like on film, me sitting apart from it as opposed to being hit by those things. So, you know, I knew, I, I knew I looked like an idiot with the goggles on. I knew, you know, I knew Rob was going to say stuff about my pants and, you know, my, my, my goggles and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it, it, I thought it was interesting, you know, that it was everything I thought it would look like. I looked like an idiot getting smacked by the windows <laughs> and I was good with it. I really loved it. <laughs> I mean, and that's like the right spirit for any of you who are thinking about going out for Holy Moly, that I think the more serious you take yourself going into it, the worse you are going to feel like you look because it's going to show on your face versus just go for it, have fun, and roll yeah. the punches. If you get covered in mud, you get covered in mud. I mean, I had, I had mud squirting out of my shoes. It was great. <laughs> you know what? And for all those hits and everything you took at the end of the day, like it, le it led to like the golden putter and plaid jacket. So yeah. How, how could you not love that? So now, now that you've been the winner and I've been seeing your Facebook profile and posts over the past couple of days, been recognized oh by a few people. What's it like to be, get your 15 minutes of mini golf fame out there. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, my wife, my wife said to me, you know, uh, after we watched it, the second time we watched, you know, we, after everybody had left the other night, we watched it again. And my wife said, you know, you're a celebrity. This is going to be great. You know, and she wants to be my manager. Of course, you know, she wants to, <laughs> she, she, she now wants to monitor everything on my Facebook so she can accept the friend requests that people are getting, giving me. She can, uh, you know, say, tell me, you know, we, the truth about it is we were, we were traveling to West Virginia the next morning, uh, you know, to visit my, with my wife's family for this weekend. And I, you know, I was driving most of Friday. So she was, monitoring my Facebook the whole time. She just, wants a, cut of, she just wants a cut of your royalties. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, maybe she wants to wear that jacket when it, when it comes in, I guess. But you see, you know, when she said that to me, you know, Oh, you're a celebrity now. I was like, come on. I'm a mini golfer from New Jersey looking like a moron with those goggles on. And you know, who cares? But <laughs> when, when we got down, when we got down here to West Virginia, uh, you know, I mean, just yesterday, my, you know, my, one of my wife's friends from high school, she, you know, she, she found out we were here and she's like, can you come over? My son wants his, my son wants his autograph and wants a picture with him. I'm like, Oh my gosh, people want autographs and pictures with me. <laughs> That's when it hit me. I was like, people actually think mm -hmm. I might be a celebrity now. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I mean, I'm not, I'm not entirely comfortable with that kind of thing. I don't really want to, you know, but what I realized today and, you know, after, you know, a few people, you know, yesterday I, I went to play a miniature, miniature golf course in Beckley, West Virginia. And as soon as I walked in the door, the owner, I mean, he did a double take and looked at me and he, he flat out asked me, he said, 
didn't I just see you? I said, yes, you did. You just saw me. Nice. You know? And it was, you know, it was kind of cool this morning. We were sitting at breakfast in the, the uh, pipe stem lodge and you know, uh, the, the family off to our right, my wife's back was to him, but I saw them constantly looking at me and, you know, I had the Holy Moly shirt on and, you know, after they got out of their seats, they kind of eased over to our table. And the guy asked me, he said, were you on, you were on Holy Moly. I was like, yes, I wasn't Holy Moly. <laughs> and he said, Oh man, he said, you know, and he, and he started talking about it. Like, and I'm like, so when, so this afternoon when we were driving to the next location, we were going, um, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I, I, I really can't fathom why people are so enamored by my, you know, by me, you know, being on a mini golf show, uh, that's, you know, that's executive produced by Steph Curry. Um, but it kind of hit me. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, if this, if this is, if this means that I'm going to, you know, be a, a sort of an ambassador for Holy Moly and miniature golf, then good. Because now, I mean, mm-hmm. those people this morning, you know, they, we found out they were from Maryland. I said, Oh, good. You know, so we, we might, my wife, my wife is the one who said, well, we might come down to Maryland sometime and play if you want to play. And I said, yeah, let's do it. If you want, you want to play, come on, play. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, that'd be great. So to me, it's, you know, it, if it opens more doors for people playing more mini golf, I'm good with that. And that's what I, that's what I realized today, just, you know, in the last six, seven hours, like, and it, you know, if, if I'm a celebrity, so to speak from being on Holy Moly and winning the green Jack and golden putter and people will instantly recognize me. It's only good for the game. Yeah. Exactly. I think it gives more credibility that there are people that are engaged in the mini golf world that are actually winning it. And the same, I think with the golf world too, where there's been a couple of people that are like serious collegiate athletes or semi-professional or professional that have won episodes that it's like, okay, it is a show where it is about a certain skill and that people can be like, huh, I guess there is a competitive thing of mini golf. They might be a little disappointed that there's less fire and lubrication and mud on the courses. I mean, depending on where you play, but yeah. Yeah, uh, you generally can't get whacked by a windmill and get up. No, but um keep playing. But yeah, um and well and the thing with the kids, right? Like the the part about it's the families, because even, you know, not being a winner, I had friends whose kids like wanted to talk with me about like what was it like being on the show and stuff and just showing that like something that they have probably played a bunch of times with their family and I've never thought anything, whether it's even competitive or bringing it but but like they can start making that connection. I mean as a sport, sure, it's great for us, and and so Absolutely. that's just just awesome. And I I hope many more people recognize you over the coming months. <laughs> that's, that's usually bad for them, but that's okay. <laughs> I have a very specific question. Uh, I don't even think I told Pat about this one. So, is it a New Jersey thing with the short putter and the like, like really exaggerated bent over stance because? Evan Rundgren, who is on season one of Holy Moly, does that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Kaminsky does that. Joey Daps, who is also on season one of Holy Moly. So there's now four alums in the O Street crew. And you all have that. Is that is that like a is that like in the water? Was there like a <laughs> Sopranos scene? Is it your is it the pizza? Like is it a Jersey Shore thing? I don't think so. I, don't think so. Uh, I think it's you know, I think it really just comes down to personal styles. Uh mm-hmm. you know, for me, I can tell you exactly what it is because you know, several people have asked me about this, uh, about my putter and you know why I use it, why I use such a short putter. I use a 29-inch putter. 
And, you know, the answer is very simple. Uh, you know, back, you know, 30 some years ago when I learned how to putt, I was at a chip and putt course in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, which is up in Bergen County. And I, you know, I was learning, you know, from the, the local pro, he was just teaching me a little bit of how to putt. And, you know, what he said to me was, you know, you want to, you, you want to be able to draw a line with your eyes from the ball to the target. And for me, you know, I, I didn't think, I didn't feel comfortable standing more upright to try and do that because my eyesight is terrible, number one. And so for me, the better, to better focus on that line, I want to be directly over the ball. So to, hmm. for me, putting with a longer putter means I got to set, I got to set myself back from the ball. Sure. So I use a shorter putter to force myself to get directly over the ball so I can draw that line from the target to the ball. That's just the only, that's the way I know how to, that's, that's what is best for me. And it, and most of the time it works. I'd say it worked out just fine for you. <laughs> so, so I have one that's kind of an interesting question because it's based on the conversation we were having earlier today because I had posted about being an Eagle Scout and you would ping me and be mm-hmm. an Eagle Scout and I've thought through and I know now but at least six Eagle Scouts have been on Holy Moly, which is actually a pretty big number when you consider what? There's probably been about a hundred male contestants, give or take, over the three yeah. seasons. Um, and so we're six percent. So that's higher than the two percent to the three <laughs> percent you normally see. So I'm right. interested in if you have any idea what qualities from an Eagle Scout makes us such passionate mini golfers. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I became, I, I became an Eagle Scout because before, long before I became a mini golfer, uh, you know, in terms of competitiveness, I mean, you know, I played mini golf since I was a kid, you know, uh, you know, in Seaside Heights and you know, some other spots on the Jersey shore during the summers. Uh, but I, you know, never got serious about mini golf until a few years ago when I started my, can you be biggie series? So, you know, it wasn't until then I got, I got really serious with my mini golf. So, I don't know if there's much of a comparison between the two or, or if there's any translation between the skills I developed during, as an Eagle Scout compared, you know, I, in, in, in some way, I guess, maybe, you know, I mean, uh, the, you know, just the ability to, uh, you know, to study the, study the, study what you're doing. I mean, you know, and you, you know, when you're, you know, if you're working your way toward Eagle, you know, you have to be studious about how to, how you do things. Uh, Pat, you know, this, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're doing knots, you have to, under, you have to study how to do them and, you know, you have to practice with it. Right. Um, you know, I, mini golf, you know, I study, I study how to play, you know, and I study, you know, I watch, I watch other people play and I study what they do. And I, you know, I, you know, I even study myself, you know, like, you know, Aaron, Aaron has a ton of video footage on me. Uh, and every time I watch it, I watch to see how I play. And, you know, I study how I play myself and I try to figure out, you know, okay, if I do this a little bit different, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. And I, t- and I test those things out. You know, the same thing happens, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, doing merit badges for scouts, you know, you test certain things, you try certain things, some things work better than others. You, you go with what works, you improve on what, you know, what wasn't working and you just keep going. And, you know, if anything, you know, perseverance, uh, you know, you, you know, Pat, it's, it's, it, you know, the, the Eagle Scout road is a, is a, is one you have to just keep going. I mean, you know, there's, there's a long road there and perseverance is important. You gotta, you gotta keep up your mental stamina. You gotta, you know, you gotta be able to, you know, adjust on the fly to things. You know, you just have to, you know, you have to keep pressing along. And when I play mini golf, I kind of approach each mini golf course like that. You know, like it's, you know, it's a process, you know, there's, you know, there's things, you know, I, I tend to get better on my back nine, uh, you know, probably because 
I pick up things along the way that I'm not doing and I fix them. And I go, and I, you know, once I get to that back nine, I figured it out. So, and that doesn't, that doesn't always work on every course, obviously, because, you know, every course is different and you know, sometimes you just botch a shot. So it is, but the perseverance, the mental, the mental fortitude, you know, that stuff, that stuff works well for me. Um, you know, now you didn't ask this, but I'm going to throw it in there. You know, as a journalist, you know, I, I've, I've been on us and nice cat. Um, <laughs> For those of you not on Zoom with us, we just got a, a cat factor of Pat's cat. Sorry. So as a journalist, you know, I, I, you know, I've, I've worked under deadline pressure for a lot of years. Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, pressure situations are pretty easy. You know, that's when I'm at my best. That's when I, that's when I put my focus to, you know, right to the grindstone and I just get things done. So, you know, and some people have asked me, you know, on Holy Moly, you know, what was that pressure? Like, and I'm like, I really didn't feel any pressure, honestly. I mean, I, you know, I, when it came time to focus on the ball and do the shot, it, it was almost like nothing else was there. So, you know, my job, my job has helped prepare me for, for that kind of stage. And, you know, and mini golf in general, you know, when it's time for me to focus on what I'm doing, I just stick my nose down and do it. Hmm. So, um, I think the last question that we sort of ask everybody based on our own experiences on Holy Moly, there's so much that happens on set, whether it's behind the scenes, whether it's even within holes where uh, wonder of movie magic and TV magic, you don't get to see everything. So what's the one thing that when your episode aired that you want to share with people that they might not have seen from there or just about you? About me? Yes. <clears throat> or about your experience? Um... Well, I don't, I think, fortunately for me, I think they showed a lot of my highlight moments uh, in terms of, you know, what I did there. Um, there's no, there, there's I, no getting hit by a third windmill or a second bathroom <laughs> door or getting hit by the no, flipper. No, I mean, without, without, te without telling people too much about, you know, the editing process, of course. You, know, uh, you know, they, there's, there's clear, there's clear edits in what happened. And I, and I, and I know, now I know that. Um, and, you know, I would have liked to see some of the, more of that stuff that got cut, but I understand it is TV and, and you know, they got to, they got to produce a, you know, a certain product in a certain time frame. And so, you know, but I think, I think they did a great job of capturing me as a, as an individual, uh, as, you know, as the, the, the wacky guy that I am sometimes, you know, um, as a journalist, you know, I, and I probably kind of portrayed that up when I, when I talked to them initially, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a wacky dude. Um, <clears throat> I go out, I challenge anybody in the world to play me and that's crazy in itself. Um, but it's, it's more because I, I just enjoy it. And I, I don't mind making uh, an idiot of myself if I, if that's the case. And I don't mind, you know, being, I don't mind putting myself on the hook for anybody to put a target on my back. You know, I mean, th that could be good or bad, I guess, but in terms of mini golf, it's not, it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay for people to come after me uh, and challenge me and say, you know, yeah, can I be piggy? I'm going to be piggy. And if people be piggy, good. If they don't, you know, that's bad for you. I write about it in the paper the next week. Um, but the, you know, I think it, with Holy Moly, they, they really did a good job of, of capturing me. Um, and, you know, my, my personality, you know, when I want to bring my personality out, you know, and there has to be, you know, there usually is, if there's an audience around, that usually happens. Uh, you know, I'll bring my personality out. And they did a great job of capturing that. And there was, you know, there, there was, there was very few things I thought that they, they, they could have done with me that 
would have made it better. You know, I mean, I, so far, I mean, so far I've heard a lot of people say to me, you know, my personality really came out in the episode. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have been saying to me that I, I made the episode and I, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, puff myself up about that stuff. That's their opinion. Let it be. But in, you know, looking at it from, from the standpoint of a viewer, uh, you know, I, I can see, holy moly, did a pretty good job of taking me and bringing me out. So to close off our show, we're back on to Big Thoughts Mini Golf. In this episode, we had a pastor putter, and it reminded me a bit of a Christian campground that's next to the Boy Scout camp I volunteer at. Growing up, that campground always had a sign for prayer chapel and mini golf, and we always had a putt and pray joke at the ready. Unfortunately, I just took way too much time to get around to actually playing it, and they did away with the mini golf. So my big thought is, don't pass up a chance to play a unique mini golf course, or even one that may not be unique and is just next to a prayer chapel. We've seen so many over the years, and we've seen, unfortunately, so many courses close all the years that you're always going to be better off for having giving them a look versus telling the story of how it never was. And with that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, put one ready. Wilson talking about destroying his youth group in mini golf might be one of my most unexpected moments with like a pastor. So needs to be more of that. That in his weird dancing, uh, I was I was here for all of that.